Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Huddle. Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. Today on Mind Your Business, looking at the return of corporate travel. Can corporate travel really make a recovery? That's a big question because you do have a lot of things happening. Even though you have border restrictions easing up with the VTLs, you've got, of course, uh, what's happening in the US and UK recently. And of course, Australia and Switzerland, that VTL set to join um, the list on November the 8th. So you do have the prospects of travel coming back, but will it be business travel? Because a lot of things have changed. Mm. People have been used to doing Zoom calls, working from home. And of course, everyone's talking about climate change. Do they want to step on those planes to contribute to that? Exactly. If you're going to make ESG a part of your business philosophy and you want people to invest in it, uh, you've got to walk the talk, right, to some extent. Uh, also, don't forget all the cost savings that companies have been enjoying as a result of eliminating or at least reducing travel. Uh, question is, will corporate travel come back? Some research shows it will uh, because some things are just better done in person and you want to maintain those business relationships. So perhaps it could. Right now, I think we're somewhere in the middle. Joining us now uh, to actually shed more light on this issue is Bertrand Saleh. He is Managing Director of FCM Travel Asia. Good morning, Bertrand. Good morning. Hello, guys. Nice to be with you today. Great to be with you as well. Now, I understand that uh, FCM Travel is one of the largest global business travel management companies. You've got 24-7 worldwide reach in almost 100 countries, and they are actually flagship business division. You are actually a flagship business division of the ASX-listed Flight Center Travel Group as well. So you must have a pretty good handle on corporate travel in the region. Tell us what you're seeing before we inject some general uh, research on what others are saying. Yes, thank you for this. I just want to say as a disclaimer that I've said a lot of things during the past two years and a lot of things uh, ended up not being Mm. accurate or true. So I just want to Mm. say that because it's been extremely difficult to predict the trends and understand how things were going to happen with this pandemic, obviously. Uh, but one thing that is pretty obvious for the past, I would say, three to four months, is that there is a general optimism when it comes to the travel industry in general. I actually attended last week the first travel industry event in person in Singapore. It was called Web in Travel. And the entire travel industry was there from online travel agencies, leisure players, and obviously us as a corporate travel agency. And I think the overall room was pretty optimistic about the you know, the future and and how we were uh, looking at the perspective for uh, 2022 in particular. Um, So I would say now that we have already picked up quite a fair bit in the West. So Europe um, and USA have reached already the 50% (coughs) pre-COVID volume, uh, which is already very good. Now, obviously, with the new um, opening of the transatlantic between Europe and the U.S. on the 8th of November, we expect actually quite a pickup on this big uh, global business route. And I think the region that has been lacking the most was Asia-Pacific for all the reasons that we know very well. I think countries in this region have been extremely careful at managing the pandemic and had very restrictive rules when it comes to border control and all that, which is obviously very bad for travel in general, but business travel in particular, because no business travelers 
want ever to do quarantine and things like that. So, you know, I think we are, it's definitely looking much better right now. And of course, it's just been over a week since we've added additional VTLs with eight other countries. This starts on October 19th, and we've got, of course, from November 8th, Australian travellers and Switzerland travellers will be able to enter Singapore without quarantine because of an expanded VTL. From your perspective, how do you think the VTLs will help the corporate travel scene, Bertrand? So VTA is actually very good for corporate travel because it gives back the confidence to corporate travelers that they can go somewhere and come back without quarantine. And also corporate travelers are a bit less cost-conscious because it's obviously usually company-paid tickets, which means that they are a bit Mm. less, you know, I mean, obviously every company will tell you that they want to spend the least they can, but at the same time, we know that it's not your own money, so you might be able to, um, you know, spend a bit more. So we've seen a great pickup, I want to say. I mean, all those countries which are part of a VTL list right now, including Australia, represent more than a third um, of our pre-COVID volume anyway. So this is like by default, big uh, corporate travel destinations. Now, what we've seen uh, a lot from, you know, the, the announcement that we had done like a couple of weeks back, one huge uh, volume of what we call VFR, which is basically mostly expatriates trying to come back to their family for Christmas. And we've seen like a massive uptake of those seats for Christmas and a lot of people quite anxious to secure, um, you know, flights and, and seats, uh, you know, for all those very busy uh, traveling times. So that was one, because as you probably know, like a lot of expatriates, especially in cities like Singapore, have like home lift tickets and stuff like that as part of their contract. So it was an opportunity to use them and for them to see their family, obviously. Uh, and the second thing is that each time a country opens, we see basically, uh, you know, the, the companies in Singapore, which have a big HQ in one of those countries, we see the traffic picking up very fast. Um, so it's like regional leaders being based in Singapore, going back to their HQ to kind of meet for, you know, meetings and strategic meetings and all of that. And, and Barati touched on that earlier. Mm. The big question was, you know, is does corporate travel has a future to start with? Like, are, are people going to continue traveling for business? And my answer to this is absolutely yes. Like, every studies we do show that this is the case. Uh, yes, you know, you're right. Sustainability and all of that might uh, impact the decision-making factors and, and deciding what is an actual qualified approved trip versus what it used to be in the past. But people travel. And, and China always use it as a good example because that was the first country to recover domestically, um, as you know, back in June last year. And our volume domestically in China right now is higher than what it was pre-COVID. So it shows that if the environment is safe, people travel for business because, you know, they travel for good reasons. Mm. The thing is, you know, Bertrand, you said that while you sound confident, you are also a bit cautious about making too definitive a prediction, right? So I, I did take that into account as well. And in light of that, I'd just like to talk about some of the things that researchers have been saying. For instance, Deloitte, uh, when it comes to full return to pre-COVID travel, says the reality actually falls somewhere in between. Competition and growth imperatives will surely necessitate a resumption of business travel to some extent. But travel use cases actually have been re-evaluated within companies based on their impact on the bottom line and, of course, the impact on the environment, which Ryan mentioned earlier. 
Companies have invested in tech platforms. They are considering the costs of the carbon footprint of travelling. I'm hearing companies say they like the savings on the bottom line. When they eliminated travel, it's been very, very good. So you might actually have to make a business case for corporate travel in some sectors and in some markets anyway going forward. How would you do that? So this is an excellent question. The first thing is... I always believed that corporate travel should come with an ROI because, yes, it's costly, not only actually for the price of the ticket, the hotel or whatever you spend when you are abroad, but it's also costly for your own health, you know, crossing the world, uh, you know, being very tired and all of that. It's not always like the glamorous thing that we expect, really. And, and you know, it's hard on people. So. Definitely, there is a need to better identify the return on invest of a business trip and understanding what you are going to get out of this. You know, as part of the studies that we've seen, and you did mention one just now, but we've also seen that a lot of projects have been going slower because people cannot meet and they cannot solve the issues as fast as they used to do. Um, business creation and, and opportunity creation has been also very difficult for a lot of companies because if you don't meet customers face-to-face, uh, you know, it's very difficult to build up, um, you know, the pipeline and all of that. And I just want to say that we might have not seen yet the consequence of the non-traveling for the past 18 months because a lot, a lot of companies have been living on the relationships that they've built before COVID, right? And yes, online platforms and all of that are yet to stay. So I'm not suggesting that, you know, business travel is going to retake it all. But some of those trips are very important. So that's the first part of the question. The, the second is we are helping companies to go through the complexity of this new world. Uh, and that includes, obviously, information about trips and all of that. But more importantly, it includes how are we helping you to redesign your travel policy so that you make it in line with your strategic orientation as a company. That includes what are your targets when it comes to sustainability, uh, carbon footprint emission, how can we help you to reach your goals? So, for example, we have some partnerships with companies that offset um, you know, business travel uh, and give an opportunity to companies to actually um, contribute positively to the environment while keeping their business going. That's another one. And the third one is what we call the demand management. So you did say that a lot of companies have invested in uh, systems for online conferencing and all of that. What we want to push even further is digitalization of business travel consumption and making sure that we give to companies systems that integrate with their own company ecosystem, HR systems and stuff like that, so that we have a better control of the demand from the moment the traveler says, I need to go on a trip, and then building some criteria to qualify whether the trip is actually relevant or not. So that's a lot of different areas that I'm touching on, but basically trying to make it easy for companies to consume while reaching their strategic goals. Yeah, a lot of good points why corporate travel might return, of course. We've got a Bloomberg New Economy Forum coming up next month in Singapore. Of course, COP26 this weekend in the UK where we are getting uh, quite a bit of corporate travel happening. Uh, we're talking with Berthan Saleh. He is the Managing Director for FCM Travel Asia. Berthan, thank you so much for your time this morning. My pleasure. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. 
Available on Google Play or the App Store.